Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 7.0 Forecast. It's Matt and Wes joining you guys this week, and the time has finally come. It's now opening weekend for the NFL season. Finally, after all this waiting, after all this talking, we're here. Um, couldn't be happier, couldn't be more excited. This weekend, the New York Jets travel to Charlotte, North Carolina to take on your Carolina Panthers, and we'll break that down here at the end of this episode uh, but first, we'll dive into some round league news, as always. We'll take a look at the 53-man roster, just kind of touch on any surprises that we think, and then we'll close things out with a, uh, a bold prediction from uh, one of us on the Panthers season. Uh, Wes, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, I know some of you guys, have, football's already been back since since last Thursday, but for me, I'm more of a pro guy. I'll, I'll watch college football, but uh, football is back for me. Uh, today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we're recording on Wednesday. So football is back for me tomorrow. I, I am so excited. I cannot wait to, to watch the Panthers play on Sunday and just just ready for the NFL season, man. I know I can't wait to be in Charlotte on Sunday and, and actually watch uh, football. I mean, the last game I've been to, it's it's been a year and a half. It was actually the Seattle Seahawks game uh, when they traveled to Carolina back in the Kyle Allen days. So um for me to be excited about Panthers football and actually <laughs> put in the effort to, to care about a quarterback um, other than Teddy Bridgewater or Kyle Allen, uh, that, that says a lot. So I, I'm, I'm happy to see how Sam Darnold does here in Carolina, and I can't wait to see uh, the step, hopefully the step forward that this team takes this season. All right, so around the league, let's dive into it. Um, touching on some, some injury news, Zach Martin is going to miss tomorrow night's game. Uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's a, a big hit to their offensive line against the Tampa defense. It does really well against the run. Uh, moving on, Seattle Seahawks gave Dwayne, Dwayne Brown, excuse me, a uh, contract restruct, restructure, um, ending his holdout. So he will play this Sunday. Um, in NFC South news, the Saints have waived Latavius Murray. It looked like he was not going to win the backup job to Alvin Kamara, and that goes to Tony Jones Jr. So Saints save a little bit of money. They're also trying to trade for Bradley Roby. I don't know if that became official this afternoon or not. They also signed Desmond Trufant as well. So trying to bolster that secondary up for our week two opponent. Um, and the last little bit on my end, to nobody's surprise, Deshaun Watson is not practicing for the Texans. They've named Tyrod Taylor their starting quarterback. So 
Uh, I know they said it's week to week and it's a fluctuating situation, but I don't expect Deshaun to play this season, at least not for the Houston Texans. Yep, nothing to add there, uh, but moving on, the Ravens add Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad. And from from everything I saw, it's one of those things that they're, they'll look to move him to the active roster as soon as he's got the playbook and, and, and in the shape to do that. So maybe expect him week two, week three. Uh, so if you're a fantasy guy and have the, have an extra roster spot, you don't you don't know what to do with. Maybe stash him if somebody already hasn't in your league. Uh, next, Vikings Inc. Brian O'Neill to a five-year, ninety-two and a half million dollar extension. He was on the last year of his rookie deal, uh, and that's the second biggest right tackle contract behind Ramchek. And that's that's kind of relevant to the Panthers' news because we were able to get Taylor Moten for cheaper than that. So that's that's a win in my book. Um, and then lastly. Uh, Austin Eckler sidelined with a hamstring injury today. Uh, those news coming out not too long ago. So early, earlier they were saying undisclosed and he wasn't practicing and they finally did say it was a hamstring. So some, some more fantasy relevant news for you guys. If, if you've got Eckler, go and grab Justin Jackson and, and get that handcuff. Yeah, that's something to definitely watch, uh, at least going into tomorrow. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, then the odds of him playing on Sunday are not really in his favor. Um, touching back to that Ravens thing. Um, Justice Hill tore his Achilles this past week, I believe. And then Marquise Brown's battling some injuries. They've had a lot of injuries. I don't know if they're up there doing the milk crate challenge or what's going on necessarily. But, um, I mean, hey, hopefully Le'Veon pans out for them. I know uh, Gus Edwards is going to see an uptick in carries and catches, but um, pretty pretty thin there. I know Tyshawn Williams is their backup, so – I don't know. I mean, maybe Le'Veon will take the decreased role and be happy with it, but it'll be interesting to follow throughout the year. And and Le'Veon's got the skill set that he can get some slot reps. He can he can move around on the field, and and that offense runs the ball so much that I, there'll be touches for Le'Veon. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be some breakout fan. He's going to have some breakout fantasy year, but in deep leagues, he he's worth having as an as an extra running back for sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, especially if there's one major injury, then you know he's going to become the bell cow in that offense. I don't really know how much he's got left, but, you know, hey, see what he, see what he can do with uh, Lamar Jackson, at quarterback. Yep. Switch, <clears throat> switching gears a little bit, um, let's talk about the 53-man roster. We finally cut things down, um, signed some practice squad guys. Uh, Wes, I'll let you take this and talk a little bit about if there's any surprises or anybody you're happy to see uh, get signed back to the practice squad for us. Yeah, so starting with the offense, Sam and PJ, really no surprise there. We lo- we lost Will Greer. Um, that was really what we expected. We we all we we said in our fifty three man preview, if if Will's gone, someone will pick him up. He's shown enough to warrant being uh, a backup quarterback in this league. Happy with the decision to keep PJ. I think he's got the higher upside. Uh, at running back, we went CMC, Chuba, and the surprising addition of Royce Freeman. Uh, that's probably one of the two biggest surprises on offense for me um, that, that they cut all of Canny, Reg, Reggie, Rodney, and Spencer Brown, all four of them. Um, and they came to settlements with Cannon and Reggie, I believe. And then Spencer Brown and Rodney are on the practice practice squad. So the, the, that they're sticking around. 
uh, at wide receiver, we went with DJ, Robbie, Terrace, Zilstra, and Shy. So that tells me that Shy's injury is it's not too serious. He was on the bike today, uh, still dealing with that injury. So we may be only four wide receivers deep on Sunday if, if, if he doesn't practice tomorrow. So that's definitely something to watch. Tight end is the other surprising thing for me. After the 53-man cuts, they kept essentially five with Ricci being denoted as a fullback. But to me, that's still keeping five tight ends uh, with Arnold, Thomas, Trimble, Colin Thompson, and Ricci. So Colin Thompson, in my opinion, has no room to be on an NFL 53-man roster. But they want to go with a lot of two tight end sets and want the depth there. So is what it is. Moving on to the line, our starting line was Irving, Elfline, Paradis, Miller, and Moten. Unfortunately, uh, Miller was diagnosed with as a close contact or actually tested positive. I'm not 100% certain, um, and I don't think they can fully really say with COVID. So he was put, he's going to be out for 10 days, which based on the protocol tells me that he's one of our two unvaccinated. Um, so that's that's worth noting. So in his place, uh, Daly, Dennis Daly will be the starting right guard in week one and likely week two. If, if I had to put my money on it with the 10 days, the way they line up. Um, and then the other offensive line backups, Trent Scott, Michael Jordan was a, a surprising waiver pickup. Sam Tecklenburg, Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen. And Tecklenburg will probably be a practice squad demotion um, after Miller comes off the COVID list because he was originally on the practice squad. Yeah, I hate to say even say this, but uh, why couldn't it have been Pat Elfline that contracted COVID or at least was a close contact? <laughs> well, but... he, he's probably not the other one that's unvaccinated. So knowing, knowing, knowing our luck, he would have been on, only on the COVID list for like three days and got to come off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's vaccinated because he was speaking to media without a mask um, during training camp. So usually that's a pretty telltale sign. Um, circling back to the, the little bit of the running back and wide receiver stuff, um, signing Royce Freeman, he was pretty solid as a backup in Denver. I know he did have a couple games where he split carries with Philip Lindsay and um, I believe in, believe even with uh, Booker during his time there as well. Uh, I know we cut David Moore, and I think that's probably the thing that caught me off guard the most, but I think that's got a lot to do with just the emergence of Terrace and how well he's performed this uh, preseason so far. Um, you're, you're paying David Moore a, a pretty reasonable salary, um, but it's definitely not the minimum. So that, in my opinion, factored into it because you don't want to pay a guy that much money just to be a punt returner and your fourth wide receiver when you can got one of these younger guys that you have faith in to fill in the punt returner and kick returner needs. So uh, I think the big thing to track this week is just how well Daly does on the right side. I know most of his experience has come on the left side. And I know if you just following Jets fans or just following um, the media in general around New York, uh, they, their whole game plan, I, I guess, or everything that they're hammering home for this upcoming weekend is going to be, how their defensive line is just going to dominate our uh, interior offensive line. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous about that, but I'm not necessarily concerned that that's going to cost us a game, at least not on that right side, because Daly's been pretty solid, all things considered. Um, I think if anything's going to happen, it's going to come from Paradis and Elfline, which we've noted in previous episodes and we'll touch on here when we get to the Jets preview. So that's all I've got to contribute on that side. Yep. Um, I agree with all that. And so then moving on to the defense, 
uh, up on the front, kept Burns, Morgan Fox, Marquise Haynes, YGM, and the surprise addition of Daryl Johnson from the Bills. He's a, a, a big special teams contributor and uh, by all accounts, a, a decent edge rusher. Just so just some depth there. That was a little bit of a surprise. Um, and then also on the front, Derek Brown, Daquan, Nixon, Bravion, and Phil Hoskins. So no, no real surprises there on the interior front uh, to me. At linebackers, Shaq, Carter, Reddick, Stanford, Luvu, and Johnston. Again, no surprises there for me. That's the six that I expected it to be. Uh, and then moving on to the corners, Horn, Dante, Taylor, and Stanley Thomas Oliver with the addition of Bouye coming in two weeks. So I don't think with there only being four corners, I, I don't think one of those is going to be a casualty. I think one of the safeties that I'm about to mention will probably be the casualty for Bouye. So we'll see. Uh, so moving on to safety, we've got Chin, Burris, Franklin, Miles Hartsfield, and, and Chandler. So um, I think Sean Chandler is probably the, the name to watch when, when Bouye comes back or one of the extra tight ends. Yeah, Colin Thompson is the guy that I've got my eye on. I don't really know what the staff sees in him, but hey, uh, maybe as a backup fullback since he did get that one goal line rep. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, the thing I'm going to be watching that applies to the defense, at least this upcoming week, is how uh, with the with Boye being out, what Phil Snow draws up or who who they decide to put in the nickel role um, this weekend. I know. The Jets are going to be without Jameson Crowder, the way things looks with him testing positive for COVID. So uh, Elijah Moore is going to assume that that slot role, and he's just a playmaker. Um, they spent a, uh, a high draft pick on him uh, in, in this past draft. Um, that's that's really my area of concern going forward. I'm not concerned about um, J.C. against Corey Davis, uh, and, and I don't – you know, Keelan Cole against Dante Jackson, that's not that's not a concern for me at all. It's, a, it's Elijah Moore in the slot, and that's – that's what I think may end up hurting us. And I think Sam, uh, excuse me, um, Zach Wilson uh, could end up targeting him a lot during this game. Yeah. I'd like to see Chen get some, some time in that, in that role, seeing if, if that's how we can shut that down. Um, I know that's not his natural role, but I'm not sure there's a, a, a better fit available. Um but that's just me. The only surprise for me on defense was, and, and I said it last week that right at right with rules saying those positive things about, about Christian Miller. Um, that was the writing on the wall for me. <laughs> that's kind of rules kiss of death there. So yeah. that was the only surprise, but that his roster spot was basically replaced by Daryl Johnson, in my opinion. Yeah. And the Steelers snatched uh, Christian Miller up and signed him to their practice squad. I, I I wasn't a fan of us cutting him. He was the one guy that I did want us to keep, but like you said, at, at least Fitterer made the uh, move to go and get a, a, a special teams uh, stud in, in Daryl Johnson and, and, you know, just finding ways to improve the roster as we keep moving on and, and we're getting closer and closer, obviously this upcoming weekend to starting the season off. I mean, just always trying to make the team better. So I, I applaud him for that. Yeah. And I saw that, uh, Somebody that that uh, Ellis quote tweeted said that, that that's just seemed like something that Dan Morgan kind of had a hand in with with the Bills connection there and just something that Dan probably put a good word in for. 
Yeah, I mean that makes a complete sense. Uh, so it's uh, it's nice to have him, um, you know, be familiar with the with that franchise and, and hopefully find as a, a a key contributor on that side of the ball. Yeah, and then lastly, moving on to special teams, Santoso, Jansen, and Charlton with Shy and DJ is kind of your punt return options. Um, it'll be interesting in week one who is the punt return option if Shy's shoulder does not allow him to go. I do not see them using DJ as a full-time um, rule. Just said that DJ would kind of be the special occasions punt returner, so, so when they needed something big to happen. Uh, so maybe Chuba, um, maybe Zilstra. It's kind of really the only names I see as a possibility in week one if, if Shy can't go. Yeah, it looked like Trenton Cannon would have been that guy, but with us releasing him and you know signing of Royce Freeman, I, I really think that it's I mean Chuba and uh man, I, I don't know. I mean Zilstra's uh, back there to fair catch everything. If yeah, he's back yeah. There. I mean, yeah, you want uh, you want Chuba being the one to bring the ball back. I mean bring the ball out, excuse me. Yeah, uh, so We'll see what happens there. That that'll be something interesting to watch in week one and and watch in Thursday practice with practice with Shy. Um, and then moving on to the practice squad, I'm not going to go through every name here, but a couple names that I wanted to point out. Kenny Robinson got that practice squad spot. I'm I'm glad we got to keep him. I thought he looked really good in the time that he had in the preseason until that knee injury. So, um, a former really big talent in college. So so I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how he develops as as a possible. Um, depth piece in the secondary. Uh, we did bring Eberly back as the backup kicker, so they they saw enough there to see him as at least a backup uh, for Santoso if anything goes wrong. And then an interesting piece of note is with with the uncertainty at kick returner, punt returner, Alex Erickson, kind of the a, a return specialist from the Bengals, is on the practice squad as well. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I like the the Erickson signing. I mean, he had did some all right things with uh, with the Bengals, mainly a special teams player, but, um, you know, emergency wide receiver, if that ever, you know, came to fruition. But that'll wrap up the uh, 53-man preview. Let's just look ahead to Sunday's game. So, then, like I said, the New York Jets are coming to town this weekend to take on the Carolina Panthers. Robert Sala in his first game, the new head coach of the uh, New York Jets. He was a former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Wes, are you buying this whole Sam Darnold quote of saying it's just another game? Hell no, it ain't just, <laughs> and, and it's, and it's a different coaching staff. I mean, if it was still, if it was still Gase, I'd, I'd say hell no twice, mm-hmm. but, um, even with a different coaching staff, it's the same organization. It's, it's the organization that cast it, cast him off because this is, this is the staff that didn't want him. Um, they were there when that choice was, decision was made. Um, if these athletes are competitors and, and they, they've got a different drive. I mean, I'm, I'm not an athlete anymore and I've still got like, a, I've still got a huge competitive bone in me. So if like, if, if, like, even if I was playing like intramural softball and the team that I, I used to be on, I'm playing them that week or something. It's just like, I'm going to kick their ass like that. And, and these are professional athletes. So yes, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yes. This is a revenge game. I don't believe him. Right. I mean, like you said, I mean, we, if you're an athlete, you have that that competitive edge and it just doesn't go away overnight. And for Sam being a 23 year old quarterback, then the New York media just drug him. And, you know, everybody's up in that 
uh, media market is just talking about how poor he played and um, how much of an upgrade Zach Wilson is. And I mean, you know, these are things that he's listening to. And I mean, he's saying all the right things in the media. He took the blame and said that, you know, I, I could have been better. Or, um, it wasn't the supporting cast around me and everybody knows he had dog shit to play with. So, I mean, you know, he's saying all the right things, but if you can't tell me that he's not coming out here and he wants to put up like 350 yards and four touchdowns on their asses, then um, you're not paying attention. <laughs> I mean, you just don't, don't get a clue. It's um, I, I think that Sam's going to have a, a bigger game than most expect, because in my mind, like I'm, I'm really worried about the offensive line as far as what we've seen in the pre preseason and what I've mentioned on previous episodes with us not getting enough, um, push and and blocking in the run game. I mean, it feels so crazy to say that Christian McCaffrey is, you know, I'm worried about him having a big game, but I really am as far as from a rushing standpoint with him sitting out the entire preseason and not being behind this line. I mean, yes, he's the best running back in the NFL, but he's this line hasn't given me anything to be overly confident about from that aspect. And then, yeah. I mean, and then the loss of John Miller, I mean, that just, I mean, that in itself, I mean, that's another thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I echo everything you said about Darnold um, on top of that. And I, I just think, I think the scheme will be such that he'll pressure or no pressure. He'll be fine. He'll get hit a little bit, um, but I think they'll scheme to make him successful and get the ball out quickly. Uh, yeah, but that, moving on to the moving on to the offensive line, that's why they're going to scheme that way, because yeah. it's we we know the offensive line was going to be the struggle point of the whole team, and then arguably the second best offensive lineman that we had, and, and honestly, I'm probably not even going to say arguably, arguably the second best offensive lineman that we had going into the season is out for the game. So I, I think it's it's a a it's going to be big to see how Daly does it right guard. He has said that he's better on the left side in, in press conferences and in discussions. Um, so that's going to be something to watch. I do think Daly is still a better guard than Elfine at left guard, to be honest with you. Um, so that's, that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, one thing I'll be watching, and I think the answer is yes to this, but is Cam Irving a serviceable left tackle for us this year? I, th I think that is going – our concerns that we had early on in the preseason have he has lessened those with just looking okay enough. And I think, I think he can get the job done. And the biggest issue is going to be that interior of left guard and center, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's looked okay enough. Um, I, I do worry with him, you know, sustaining that. I mean, the one thing that's helped him out is Joe Brady has designed an offense that gets the ball out quickly and gets the ball into the playmaker ha playmakers hands. And he's got four guys that can do that in DJ, Robbie, Terrace, and uh, McCaffrey. So really just get the ball in your playmaker's hands and let them do the, do the rest. So, uh, man, I, that's just always going to be in the back of my head all, all year long. I mean, it's just an issue that we're going to have to deal with. But uh, I'm a little bit more confident in Cam Irving than I was to start the season because, I mean, if you've listened to us at all, we've been – uh, fully against him starting at left tackle, but here we are. Um, 
thing, strange things and happen. That's, He's that's, a better left really tackle good. than Pat Elfline is a, a left guard. Nobody's going to argue that. I don't think anybody <laughs> should after, after watching any any of the snaps this this um, this preseason. Um, I I don't know. I mean, if, if Jets fans are just thinking that their their front four is just going to dominate us, and I just don't think that's going to happen because our our offensive line is better than their secondary. Let's just put it that way. And, and their linebacking core. The, 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 aside from their front four, the Jets' defense is not good. Yeah, C.J. Mosley, I think, is going to be the guy who's going to be calling the plays in the huddle, and he opted out last season. So you don't know how he's going to do coming back to his first real competitive football with a, a year off. So, I mean, it may not factor into it, but um, if we can get the ball – if I could, guys can get in open space and get into the secondary, uh, I mean, I like our chances. I like our chances to put up – uh, a, a lot of points this weekend. Um, I think 24 is what I have in the back of my head. Um, whether that's enough or whether we get there, we'll find out. But I think 24 is what we need to get to to win the game. And I'm, you know, that feels so weird saying that because I'm so high on our defense. But um, I don't know, man. Just after last year being in so many one score games, I don't want to be on one side of the spectrum. And I'm just trying to be realistic with myself. Yeah. Um, so you talked about the four weapons and, and really five or six, if you count Arnold and some others. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for out of that skill, that skill group this week? Uh, I think, and you've been hammering this for a while, but uh, Terrace is just a mismatch in the slot. And if you've been following it, he got 17 snaps. Uh, against the Steelers out of the slot. I mean, he's going to be – that's going to be his, his spot with Robbie and DJ on the outside, and that's just a matchup nightmare. And that's another thing. We haven't even talked about Robbie's uh, motive, motive behind this. I mean, another former New York Jet that didn't want to pay him. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of key factors going in this game, especially, you know, if Sam, Sam and Robbie come out here and connect for two long touchdowns. I mean, that's a big fuck you to the, to the New York Jets organization, and I'm all for it. I'm here for that. Yep, and and I think this is Terrace's chance to show that he's a real deal. I think he is. I think a lot of people are starting to realize that he is. Um, so I'm I'm watching for that. Uh, just just kind of my personal satisfaction of 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 hammering that drum all offseason. To me, I'm really interested to see how they use CMC. Um, I do think that they don't just use him as a running back. I think they're going to try and split him out. I think they're going to try and move him, motion him. I think we may see some Chuba in the, in some of those cases too. So very interested to see what happens there, and and all, and maybe even Royce Freeman with Tube out there because Freeman is known for his his pass protection. Um, that's something that that Ellis and and company talked about on their podcast at length. Is is Freeman is very known for that that pass protection, and that's something that's we didn't really have on the roster. CMC and Chuba are more pass catching backs, not pass protection backs. Um, so another thing I'll be watching is who is Sam's like safety blanket go-to I think there's I think to me there's probably two options there uh Robbie will be his deep threat type of guy but I think it's either DJ or or Dan I think I think is going to be his more safety net um look down type of guys I just don't as a as a defensive coordinator and you're trying to game plan for this offense like where do you focus on if you can't get to the quarterback how do you stop this offense it is getting to the quarterback. That's how you stop this offense. You're, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, I mean, like I, I, I 
say that like that's the only thing I see that that is like a glaring red flag about this offense. There's just too many weapons, uh, an upgrade at, at quarterback and Sam. I just don't see if you can't get to the quarterback and obviously that's how you win in this league. But if you don't get to the to Sam Darnold on this team, then I don't really see a lot of three and outs happening unless the play calling is just shit. And we're running um, running back draws the old John Fox on third and seven. Uh, I mean, that's that's all I see. Yeah. And and the you, you hit on the play calling. The one thing that I'm going to be watching heavily is red zone play calling. Yeah, I mean, that's been our Achilles heel for the last year. And, I mean, even dating back to, you know, even the Ron days, I mean, there was a reason Riverboat became a thing. It's because of poor play calling <laughs> at certain times. So, the week in the red zone, we got to have points. And it can't just be three. It's got to be got to be six. Uh, I mean, Rule's shown that he will be aggressive uh, going for it on fourth down. He's done that several times this preseason. And, yeah, maybe it's to see what we have, but. I think some of that's going to carry over into, into the actual season. Yeah. And so anything else you want to hit on with the offense and, and how that matches up? Not really. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be interested to see how many two tight end sets we run and then, you know, what the personnel looks like in the red zone. Uh, to be honest, I, I would love to see how Dan Arnold's used. I think that that is um, something I'm most interested in. And it kind of intrigues me with the connection that they've had so far this preseason and we really haven't seen it um, in preseason games, but you know, by all reports, is that they have a good uh, a good connection, and Sam's been looking to him a lot. And I think you put that guy at six foot five in the red zone, and Terrace at six three. I mean, there's going to be a lot of mismatch opportunities. Um, I mean, we've hammered it at home so much this this off season, but just get just adding Christian to that is going to just add a, another headache and another dynamic um, you know, for for defensive coordinators. I mean. Another headache for defensive coordinators, but another dynamic to this offense. And it's going to be tough to stop. So uh, as long as we make Sam make smart passes, then, I mean, I, um, I mean, I'm just excited to see this offense in, in full force. And, and when you can go into the red zone and your fourth and fifth weapons that you guys that, that are probably your fourth and fifth look on red zone options are DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson because of the, the mismatch that you're probably going to have with the other three that you mentioned. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that secondary is going to get worked. If they don't get to Sam, they're in for a long day. I mean, they're starting, what, uh, at least two rookies uh, in that secondary. I think Hamza, Najwadeen, and uh, the other one, I, I'm really – it's I'm drawing a blank, but uh, I know that, that their, their secondary is a lot weaker than our offensive line if you want to compare the two. Yeah, and moving on to where I think the matchup is where the matchup where we dominate the game defense. Yeah, I mean it's it's Zach Wilson's first professional game. I mean, how many rookies face a um I would say a defense with a high upside their first game and, and you know go offer four touchdowns and three hundred plus yards? It's it's rare. Uh I mean, he's going to – that offensive line, other than Makai Becton, is not great. So you're having to worry about Brian Burns, who by all accounts is going to have a breakout season. I know we'll touch on that in our uh, bold takes. But you got to stop Brian Burns. you got to stop Derek Brown. you got to stop um, Hassan Reddick. And those are just three guys that I've named. 
and those and, are all guys that can get to the quarterback. And and in that first group, you also have Morgan Fox. And then after that, you've got YGM and Marquise Haynes. And and it doesn't stop. There's depth, there's speed, and they're gonna stay fresh. And and Snow is gonna Snow's gonna scheme that like nobody's business. And and he's gonna bring in pass rush specific stuff. I I just don't think they're gonna be able to stop that defensive line at all. I mean, he didn't like getting drugged to the ground by Coastal Carolina. So, I mean, I don't know how he's going to feel when Brian Burns lands on him a couple of times this weekend. It's going to be fun to watch, I think. Um, and, and it's going to be one of those things of like, yeah, Jets, now you're seeing it, it. It's hard for your quarterback to be good when they're sitting on their ass half the time. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's at, who's at quarterback. But if you think that Zach Wilson is going to be that much more of an upgrade over Sam, then I'm, yeah, sure, that's that's not necessarily a hot take. I I, I get that. Um, but it doesn't really matter if he can't stay on his feet and he's going to be running for his life. And plus, Phil Snow schemes up a, a great defensive game. I mean, he gave Aaron Rodgers fits, and Aaron Rodgers talked about that in the game at Lambeau last year with just some un- unusual looks and stuff that he's not used to. And you think Zach Wilson's going to come in here and just pick apart this defense? It's it's not going to happen. Yep, agreed. So, but I'm yeah, I'm 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 interested to see you know the the certain schemes. I know we'll we'll open up in a four three, but. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of different looks. I mean, we talked about the the, the Ellis quote unquote uh, NASCAR package and, and all of that. Um, That's the one I'm excited to see. Where you're probably going to get something like like Burns Brown, wide, Burns Brown Fox with with Reddick and uh, some why maybe YGM Burns and Reddick maybe at your outside backers with with like YGM and um, Brown and. Fox across there or Haynes instead of YGM, something like that where you have, you have five guys who can get to the quarterback on the field at the same time. And this is is a, a Jets offense. It's going to be running out either Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman. I mean, I don't think Michael Carter by all accounts out of, out of camp is that he, you know, is not really going to buy for carries right away. So you're looking at Ty Johnson, who was a backup for the Detroit lions and Tevin Coleman, who has battled injury issues since his days in Atlanta not really going to be scaring this defense. I know um, we were very bad against the run last year, but so far this preseason, that's not the issue. Yep. And, and, and that's what I was going to hit on when we got to linebackers here is Jermaine with Jermaine Carter is, is, is he looking like, like he has in the preseason against the run? Is he the guy that's out there play calling on the defense? Cause I'm not sure that's, has that, I'm not sure that's been established yet, but as the middle linebacker, a lot of times that is the, the, default guy that, that gets that that nod but just just how does he look we know what Shaq is at this point we know what Hassan Reddick is at this point I'm very interested to see how Jermaine looks um, in that run stopping middle linebacker yeah I mean he's in for a big year the staff obviously believes in him now that he's gotten out of the doghouse from last year um, with them cutting Denzel Perryman for for reasons but um, I mean, he, he's he's got everything to prove this year I mean he's got a chance to make a lot of money I know he's in a contract year as well, but um, I, I'm interested to see see him and see how he kind of commands that defense, being that middle linebacker, especially um, that linebacking core. Having Reddick beside him, I think is gonna gonna help him out a lot, and having a vet with Shaq beside him as well. I mean, Shaq's played with Luke and uh, TD, so he knows 
um, what type of energy to bring and, and what type uh, of um, linebacking core that is expected out of this organization. Yeah, I, I don't have really anything else to add on the linebackers. I, I think that's that's really all there is to mention. So I guess moving on to the secondary, what are you looking for? Mm, JC, that's what I'm looking for. JC is, I expect him to give Corey Davis fits all day. Uh, anybody who didn't think that he was the best cornerback in this draft, uh, I hope you're watching Sunday because he's going to make Corey Davis's life a living hell and he's going to let everybody know about it too. So my, I'm going to go ahead and say JC gets a pick on, uh, on, on Sunday. Yep. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. My only concern is just with as physical as he is, just first NFL regular season game, just just watching for penalties. I'm I'm a little concerned about that. Um, but other than that, I think he has a great day against against Davis. I mean, if he holds Corey Davis to just just say under 50 yards, which I think is very doable, uh, then that offense relies mainly on Keelan Cole and Elijah Moore. And like I said earlier, I think Elijah Moore is is going to be the person who gets uh, the majority of the yards, at least in the air on this offense. I mean, I haven't really dove in and looked at you know who their starting tight end is now since they traded Chris Herndon. But um, to me, it looks like I mean, if you're playing Deadly Fantasy or whatever, uh, Elijah Moore is, is probably my guy from this game that I want on the New York Jets. Take, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. And I think. With with JC locking down Corey Davis, that that Dante matchup, like you said, I think Dante will look very good across um, against Keelan Cole. I don't, I don't, that doesn't scare me at all. Um, I think Chin is going to be Chin, uh, but the big thing that I'm going to watch in that secondary is how Justin Burris looks. Can he step up and 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 show why the staff why? Um, fitter didn't go get another safety when all of us were very worried about that position. So that's what I'm going to be watching in that secondary on top of, of JC, obviously just, just how does Justin Burris look in in that second safety spot? Yeah, I think he's got the most to prove in the secondary other than Dante. Um, And that may just be obvious, but um, with how well the secondary has looked this off season, at least the safety position with, with Kenny, with, uh, Sean Chandler having some good plays with Sam Franklin. Uh, the staff's not really going to give him a long leash if he does start to slip up. Um, maybe his and his life's going to be a little bit easier back there with with Chin switching to the safety position as well. So let's not forget about that. But uh, Justin Burris is going to be a guy to watch on Sunday and just see how well uh, he he plays and matches up with some of these guys. But part of me wouldn't honestly be surprised if Dante has a big game. If, one of JC or Dante is is going to have a, a a big a big game. I mean, it's just Dante's looked much improved in especially in, in tackling in the open space. I mean, that's kind of been his downfall in previous years and relying so much on his athleticism. But we know what he can do as far as tracking the ball and and coming up with interceptions. So um, I think one of those two guys is a safe bet to have a pick. I know that's not anything crazy and going out on a limb, but. I mean, I would expect at least one out of those guys. And like I said, I already went on record saying JC's going to have one. So there you go. All right. Anything else from the game that that uh, that you want to to mention before we go into final score predictions? No, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give a, a final score prediction in just a second. I, I think just the main thing is just how well the offensive line holds up and just getting the ball out quick. I mean, 
it's not anything, any crazy analysis, but I, I really think that's what this game comes down to is just protecting the ball. Uh, whoever wins the, wins the turnover game. You know, we, we can't cost ourselves um, points. We can't cost ourselves turnovers. When we get in the red zone, we have to come away with six the majority of the time. I mean, at least we don't have Joey Sly, you know, missing 25-yard field goals, but I don't want it to come down to that. So, um, Wes, what do you, what, what's your final score prediction or at least what do you think the outcome is on, on Sunday? So, I think that the red zone – troubles so to speak continue i think we get a lot of chances down there i'm thinking something something like 26 to 13 something along those lines i mean so that's four field goals that we have to kick in the red zone i i i am not high on the red zone offense right now i i think that we have the weapons but from what I saw in the preseason and the play calling, I know we've talked about it that that that's they're not trying to show their plays. But you have to you have to get in the groove. So I think they're going to be a little rusty in the red zone here in week one. So I've got twenty six thirteen. I'll go twenty four twenty, and I'm just trying to be cautious when I say it's cautiously optimistic. Um, I'll go twenty four twenty, and I think the defense has one of those touchdowns. Uh, I, I, I like it. I, I think I know it's kind of going out on a limb with the defensive thing, but I just. I have a hard time seeing where they get 20 points. I really do. Yeah. And this could be just us getting up, you know, early by a lot and then just going conservative. Um, I don't know. I, I just I just have too many flashbacks of that from the Ron days and I shouldn't be holding that against the staff. But I mean, what's the odds of us coming out here and winning by two touchdowns after struggling to close games last year i mean I'm, and i know it's a different team it's a different team and and we're playing a team who's probably got a top five pick again next year so not yeah, probably and, i think has a top five pick again next year so i think that's something you take into account as well right and and solid scheme should be better than obviously better than what the jets had last year um he obviously can coach the defensive side of the ball and scheme it up but that, that's where I'm, I'm just 24, 20, I think is, is where I'm at. And somehow, some way it gets to that. Hell, I don't, <laughs> we, we, we could end up losing the damn game. I hate to say that, but uh, uh, I would be, that's just Sunday, Sunday, Sunday evenings, Sunday evenings podcast will, will follow no script and it will just be a, a rant. Yeah. A, discu- yeah. a discussion. I, I'll just, we, lose. we can just record that on my way back from Charlotte and I'll just, <laughs> I'll rant the whole way. So you can make it an hour and a half. I don't really care. Um, uh, we're not going to talk about that because that's not going to end up happening. And it's going to be the Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson revenge game. So that's what we're banking on. And that's what's going to happen. They need a guess. That's what it's going to be to quote Waterboy. All right. So last one, last um, week one special. This won't, we'll, uh, we won't retouch on these until the end of the season. Um, we'll, we'll see if we're right here, but some bold season predictions. I've got three written down here. One of them is kind of something I've already been talking about for, for two months, but, um, you got any bold predictions? Uh, Brian Burns makes the pro bowl is one of mine. And then I'll say, Oh, let's get crazy. Um, let's get crazy. Uh, 
Terrace Marshall leads rookies in receiving touchdowns. Okay. I, I, I don't really – I mean, damn, that's crazy with Kyle Pitts. Uh, <laughs> that, that's crazy with Kyle Pitts out there too. But, yeah, let's yeah, let's just roll he's, with He's it. certainly going to – I think he's going to lead rookie receivers um, if, you, if you take Pitts out of the equation. Jamar Chase has looked awful. Uh, Elijah, Elijah Moore is not in a great situation, in my opinion, to score touchdowns. So yeah, And then you got – I mean, I don't necessarily think – if I had to put money on it, it would probably be Jalen Waddle would be the guy that I would, from a betting standpoint, would put money on. Yeah. Um, not Devontae Smith with him battling some issues through camp. So, I don't know. I, I mean, just Terrace is kind of set up to be, a, I mean, be in a good position. Like I say, he's going to be playing the slot all year, so he's going to have mismatches. And, I don't know, hopefully this, the offense takes advantage of it. Yep. So, I'll, I'll go with my three. I'll start uh, with Brian Burns is top five in the NFL in sacks. So, that would definitely get him a Pro Bowl selection. <laughs> um, so last year that that puts him that would put him around 13 sacks. So that'd be a step up of about four sacks this year, if I remember correctly. Um, the next one, I said this, like I said, I said this months ago, but Terrace will lead the team in receiving touchdowns. Um, I think if he leads the team in receiving touchdowns, he will also lead rookie receivers in touchdowns. So that goes kind of hand in hand with Matt's there, um, and then. This one, um, really going out on a limb on this one, and this one requires the fast start that we've talked about that has to happen. We've got to win with, with our first eight, nine games. We've got, to, we've got to win as many of them as we can. But um, the Panthers are a wild card team at 10 and 7. That should be the expectation. The wild card should be the expectation for this year, at least competing for a wild card spot. We've talked about that um, all offseason, but – 10 and seven. I like if you get out to a hot start, if we go three and one, um, like we've, we've talked about the hopes are. You've got to get, you've got to get six of those 10 in those first eight games. The absolute worst that you can do in the first four is two and two. And that is is not on the good side. No, I I think through eight with, with how the schedule sets up, you've got to be to get to that 10 and seven number. You've got to be six and two through eight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only loss because the last the last five is 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 a gauntlet of Bills, Tampa twice, and at the Falcons, I believe, and yeah. one other. the The only loss that you should be looking at possibly in the first four games should be the Dallas Cowboys, and we've seen. I mean, things that happened that could easily get hurt. They could have COVID issues. You know, um, offensive line could struggle. You know, you don't know. I mean, that offense is really scary, and that's going to be our first major test uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, that game's going to tell me a lot about this season. Yeah, and, I mean, Sean Payton really hates us, so I'm, I'm never going to count that game as a win in my book. But yeah, and we, we really can't. we really hate them too. So Yeah, there's not many teams that I hate more than the New Orleans Saints. And if Corey was here with us, then he would go on about a five-minute rant, and we'll hopefully have that for you next week when he rejoins us. So – any closing thoughts, uh, comments, Wes? No, just enjoy the season. I, I think we're in for a much better season than last year. And, and um, let's go Panthers. Keep pounding. Yes, sir. If you're uh, in the area and you have a chance to make it to the game on Sunday, please do um, let me know. Feel free to come by for a tailgate, whatever. Shoot the shit. Um, go Panthers. I'll end it with J-E-T-S. Just in the season. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So.
that does it, guys. We'll be back on Sunday to hopefully recap a Panthers win and they can dial up Sweet Caroline. First time I've heard it in a while. See you guys.